Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning Bible study. Saturday. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Saturday morning Bible study. We welcome you all. So glad you could join us today. We're recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, United States of America. And this morning, once again, Thomas is our moderator. Thank you, Thomas. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Easter morn, gently thou beckonest from the giant hills, the newborn beauty in the emerald sky, and awakening murmurs from the drowsy rills. Oh, gladsome day spring, rest of mortal sigh, to glorify all time, eternity, with thy still fathomless Christ majesty. E'en as thou gildest glad and joy, dear God, give risen power to prayer. Fan thou the flame of right with might and midst the rod, and stern dark shadows cast on thy blessed name. Lift thou a patient love above earth's ire, piercing the clouds with its triumphal spire. Of sacred song and loudest breath of praise, echo amid the hymning spheres of light, with heaven's lyres and angels' loving lays. Send to the loyal struggler for the right. Joy, not of time, nor yet by nature sown, but the celestial seed dropped by love's throne. Prolong the strain, Christ risen, sad sense annoy. No more the peace of soul's sweet solitude, deep loneliness, tear-filled tones of distant joy. Depart. Glad Easter glows with gratitude. Blood's verdure veils the leaflet's wondrous birth. Rich rays, rare footprints on the dust of earth. Not life, the vassal of the changeful hour, nor burden bliss, but truth and love attest. The solemn splendor of immortal power, the ever Christ and glorified behest. Poured on the sense which deems no suffering vain, that wipes away the sting of death, sin, pain. Uh, it's uh, Pleasantville, Concord, New Hampshire, uh, April 18th, 1900, by Mayor Baker Eddy. So this is from the Book of Poems, published in 1910. You're quite poetic, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Yes, beautifully read. No, thank you. And we have some beautiful comments. <laughs> well, you want to start start us out? Well, our Christ is the risen Christ, isn't it? Yes. His resurrection is our resurrection. And this is what the revelation is all about. My Lord says, said to the loyal struggler for the right, joy, not of time. Yes. Yeah. Not yet of nature. So... I like the um, sad sense, annoy no more the peace of soul, sweet solitude. Get the hints, Satan. 
get out of here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, this breaks like to, Lent, the heaviness of Lent. I like the line, nor burdened bliss, but truth and love attest. Truth and love, the two witnesses. Yeah, the two witnesses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, Mrs. Eddy saw it all, and her command of the English language was beyond, mm -hmm. beyond great. Yeah. Which is why what she left us needs to be studied. I mean, even she studied it. <laughs> Because it was given to her of God. Which is why we need to love her more so we appreciate what she left the world. Yeah. Yep. And it's very true. Only Christian science can explain revelation. There's no explaining it except through science. And then it comes alive. It's wonderful. So... So yeah, this is a good, a good, good intro. A good intro to break the heaviness of Lent, and Mrs. Eddie put her heart and soul into these words. Each one, you know, when you write poetry, every well, she did it in all her prose and poetry. Yeah. Every word she she thought about gives me a picture of this dear woman who was God's faithful servant who was given the revelation, and not only that, the task to water the garden, so to speak, and tend it. And despite all of the opposition that she had to contend with, and she did, she never allowed her spirit to be disturbed, but rather she rose above it with divine power, of course. And I think this comes, this is what came through to me in this poem. Dominion over whatever opposition would oppose God's great gift to mankind. <clears throat> and what an example for every one of us, huh? Mm -hmm. Tom, why did you pick it? Well, that's an excellent question. So uh, it was actually Linda. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, well, then Linda. Of, of uh, yes, uh, she made this wonderful choice. Um, <laughs> I thought it was great, and I, I've loved using the the poems uh, recently uh, for our quotes. His encouragement of the poems made me go there, and that I, when I saw it was Easter, I knew that Easter was close and it needed to be done. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. It is. And it just like Bruce said it handles. Yeah. And it is and it is coming close. It creeps up on us. Um, it's what is it, the first weekend in, in April? Yeah, I think so. so. I think. Oh, yeah. the Before our next Bible. April, study. April 9th. April 9th, correct. Okay. okay.
Anyone else, or we should move on? Well, um, you know, we, we're, we have Revelation is really kind of a heavy topic in a way. And, uh, you know, as we know that um, when uh, maybe we're struggling with something and, uh, you know, things don't seem to be progressing, that sometimes it's just good to sing a hymn or maybe read Psalms or something like that, sort of the break the mesmerism, mesmerism you know. Just to change your thought pattern or something, pattern or something like that. Well, you know, I, th- I think that's also what uh, Mary Baker Eddy's uh, poetry is all about too. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a good way to, you know, pair uh, this uh, sort of uh, deep, heavy subject we have with Revelation, right? Um, so that's how I look at it. So, <laughs> like singing a singing a song, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. To me, it was ultimately Christ is risen and with us and practical, and that's what a revelation was about. Yes. Thank you. Yep. And it made me think of people saying that, you know, some other man or, you know, wrote what she wrote, but nobody writes like her. No. And she always writes like her. Yes, <laughs> so. <she does. laughs> Very true. She was writing poetry before she wrote um, Science and Health. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She wrote she always wrote poetry. And all you have to do is look in this book of poems. You see that um, they're coming from all years of her life. <clears throat> but when Wikipedia or whoever else says she was Mary Baker Eddy, an American author, no, she was much more than Amer- an American author. I was interested in one of the commentaries where they, you know, no one had a clue as to who was the woman in the apocalypse. Um, you know, who, who could she be? Maybe, maybe Jesus's mother. But then they, they listed a few ideas. And one of them, they said, um, well, Mary Baker Eddy is, is who pe- people of the Christian science faith feel she is. And it wasn't done in a, in a critical way or in a mocking or, you know, like they sometimes do like, oh my gosh, are they crazy? It was just kind of, Matter of fact. Yeah, matter of fact, I was really grateful for that because um, maybe the word is out. But yes, we do think she is the woman in the apocalypse. Well, good, because we do. It'll make people stop and think about it, too. Right, and maybe wonder why we do that. And it's not that we don't even think it. We know it. Yeah. And in the Christian community, people people want to see Revelation Move forward. They look for signs that some of this is coming true in in their lives. I know it before I got here. You know, it's not just a vision that's an empty vision, but it, there are signs that, yeah, we can see that expect this. And when they see that Mary Baker had done these things, they, it gives them hope and, and uh, it makes yes. them makes them happy and energized. It should. Okay, well, we should move on, I think. Okay, so um, our topic is, and they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne. Uh, Revelations chapter 14, verse 3. So our first question is, is uh, we're finishing uh, up on vision 3. So 
Be prepared to discuss the two witnesses. And seventh angel sounded his trumpet, announcing the kingdom of Christ, found in vision three. So, who were the two witnesses? Well, it says in, uh, I can't got so many books here, but the, the little book, Science and Health, and the manual are the two witnesses from what I read. And, um, yeah, I always thought they were um, Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy, but it, what I... That's not what I, I mean, they have their place, obviously, in this, but the, these two witnesses are science and health and the manual of the Mother Church. Well, I read also in uh, Mr. Kratzer, and he says it's truth and love, but I think they go together. I don't think there's any problem for him saying truth, and I love, may I read a little bit of what he said? Of course. Uh, Two witnesses of the Christ is to consider them as truth and love. Their united activity constitutes the activity of the Holy Spirit in human consciousness. I'll stop there just a little more. Because their joint balanced activity is necessary to the accomplishment of anything worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And it goes with science and health and the manual. Also in, um, go ahead. ahead. Tomlinson says on page 169, God through his angel, Christian science, says, I will give power unto my two witnesses. And in miscellany, it says, science and health makes it plain to all Christian scientists that the manhood and womanhood of God have already been revealed in a degree through Christ Jesus and Christian science, his two witnesses, adhere to the teachings of the Bible, science and health, and our manual, and you will obey the law and the gospel. Christ's truth proves that repentance, followed by the textbook of Christian science and the manual of the Mother Church, are a woe to materialism. Man purified from materialism is free to enter the Holy of Holies. Christ's truth proves that the spiritual understanding of God and man is the final woe to materialism. Okay. In an article. Well, right. I, I, I think Thomason makes a lot of sense, right? Because he's saying the two witnesses are Christ Jesus and. Christian science. And then he goes on to say that the exponents or witnesses of Christian science are um, science and health and the church manual. But, you know, he is saying that the two witnesses are Christ Jesus and Christian science. Which Mrs. Eddy also said. Yeah, in an article that Carrie sent by Tomlinson, Tomlinson writes, and this combines all these thoughts together, the Bible and our leaders' writings show that there are two witnesses and no more. The first witness, Christ Jesus, reveals the fatherhood of God good and the omnipotence of truth. 
The second witness, the discovery of Mary Baker Eddy, Christian Science, reveals the motherhood of God and the omnipresence of divine love with its complete protection for the offspring of love. The first witness testifies to the spiritual idea of truth, which liberates man from bondage to the flesh and overcomes every material law. The second witness revealed the spiritual idea of love, which brings the new spiritual birth, explains the law, and preserves from every attack of error. He who sees that Christian science bears witness to the final and complete revelation of the science of being, who knows also that he himself can witness to the truth Mrs. Eddy has revealed, cannot fail to form a true estimate of God's messengers. And then I thought this was interesting, too, because this idea of the manual, um, this is in a, uh, a commentary about a reed like a measuring rod, which is what they said. The mm-hmm. says sometimes in the Old Testament, the idea of measuring communicates ownership, protection and preservation, 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 excuse me. And isn't that what the manual does? Ownership, protection, preservation. When Habakkuk prophesied, he stood and measured the earth. The idea was the Lord owned the earth and could do with it as he pleased. When the temple is measured, it shows that God knows its every dimension and he is in charge. And to me, that's a description of the manual and why it was written and why Mrs. Eddy put... So much emphasis on it, said it was as important as science and health, because it protected the the right sense of church, which didn't, which does not give total authority to the BOD. And in great wisdom, she wrote it, and it, the fact that it was so disobeyed and misunderstood by the human mind, collectively, is why the church is that the organization, not the church, but the organization has been failing. And also in great wisdom, she refused to change it when she was put under immense pressure to do so by those who couldn't see what she saw. Yes. Yes, they couldn't understand the estoppel clauses. They thought she made a loving mistake and uh, they wanted her to change it and give complete authority to the BOD. And that was going on in Chestnut Hill while she was still with us, which is why she said a cabal was a cabal and that you, if she were to pass on, it was mental murder. Now, interestingly enough, um, Nancy in Texas wrote a while ago, she said she thinks the, the modern day two witnesses are the chosen <laughs> and, and also the fact that our our church is bringing out once again as a church that she is the woman in the apocalypse which is an interesting you know it's reviving these two the witnesses the witnesses resurrecting yeah. the witnesses once again but those those it's consistent with Christ Jesus and Christian science being the two witnesses and that is what that is why we're here. That is our job today is to uh, 
you know, show is to witness to the world what the witnesses have given us. <laughs> yeah. And I know generally speaking, you know, I, I say we're an independent church. We don't have any official stand on anything. Um, it, you know, it's up to you to figure things out yourself. But not in this case. We here in, in Plainfield were taught Mrs. Eddy was the woman in the apocalypse. If you don't believe that, well, that's up to you. But we are making an official announcement that the Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church does know that this is true. Because after all, this whole idea behind the word witness, one who tells the truth. <laughs> yes. And all Christian scientists everywhere who believe that too. So. True Christian scientists who yeah. understand yeah. the Zeti. understand, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's it, it's an indication that when someone does recognize it, it's an indication that they have a good concept of what Christian Science is, and who Betty is and was, and and they've read the true good biographies and not the ones that are misleading, like the Peel books and others. They've read the true biographies. Unfortunately. The two go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. You, you can't have a good concept of Christian science without having a good concept of who and what Mrs. Hetty was. And she said that many times. Exactly. And, you know, just as we've talked about, yes, in some cases she did not announce it to the world. When this was all going on, the Woodbury trial was going on, and, and she was they were people were trying to prove she was crazy. So it would have been very unwise for her to announce something like that. But privately and in many instances, she does say it. And it just just as when Peter, Peter knew what about Christ Jesus? He was the Christ. Yes. He was the Christ. Son of the living God. Yes. She commended those who, who saw it and knew it in her. And that's we have that written. She said, yes. What What did you say? I think it was you, Shardy. If if you hadn't said it, uh, she said to them, yeah. her students, if you hadn't realized this, I would have told you. Yes. Would have had to have told you. Would have had to have told you. Mm-hmm. Well, they spared her that duty. Yes. But also, I read through the biography by Doris Greckel, and she describes the time when Mrs. Eddy was actually went away to a remote place in New Hampshire, I believe, because she needed a break from things. But while she was away, she got the divine inspiration that she was this one who was mentioned in Revelation. And so uh, that's what revived her and enabled her to come back and work. But like Mary had said earlier, she didn't go broadcasting this because of divine wisdom that was needed at that moment. But she knew in her heart then that she kept it quiet and let it, let the seed germinate and grow, so to speak. Thank you. Well, it seems like a good test for people to pass or fail, whether or not they, <laughs> they see that as true. And, it, you know, I just feel if you come into Christian science, like if you believe in the Bible and you believe in God, and then you come to Christian science and you don't end up seeing that these things and Mrs. Eddie are the culmination of prophecy, <laughs> then what would make you say, other than a social circle or feeling you get influenced by, you know, being a member of the church? Otherwise, you would have to back away because you don't believe it. So, 
Hello, this is Andrea. Can I add something in support of what you're saying? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Um, one of the one of the quotes that um, uh, I think she does say in support of what you're saying that she is the second witness, and it's in um, the sermon um, Christian Healing in Prose Works, um, and it's on ten uh, five through eight. It says, "But the beast bowed before the lamb. It was supposed to have fought the manhood of God that Jesus represented, but it fell before the womanhood of God that." presented the highest ideal of love and to me when i read that i add when it says it fell before the womanhood of god which mrs eddie represented that it presented the highest ideal of love thank you yeah yes yes and i read something from smiley it says, because of the controversy surrounding these two witnesses, it is important uh, who or what they are be clarified. Mrs. Eddy says, science and health makes it plain to all Christian scientists that the manhood and womanhood of God have already been revealed in a degree, a degree through Christ Jesus and Christian science, his two witnesses. That's a quote that she gave. Um, as this statement was given to the Associated Press on May 16, 1901, Mrs. Eddy prudently avoided revealing to the press that both Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy are God's two witnesses. And it goes on, but it's in his um, book about yeah. this. Yeah, he, he was quite clear on all of this. Paul Smiley, as is David Keaston as are many others. Mm -hmm. So I just want to add one more comment about one who can honestly witness to the fact that Mary Baker Eddy was the woman in the apocalypse. It shows that that one is not influenced by the myriad of human opinions that go about, you know, you just don't believe things because somebody told you things. You mm -hmm. test the spirits, you know, is this so or is it not? Now, God gave us the ability to think, think clearly and independently with him. We need to exercise that ability and use it and not just be influenced by the common uh, narrative that gets spouted out. Because so much is said about Mary Baker Eddy from others who really know nothing about what they're talking about. And how can you read science and health and not understand that she's the woman in the apocalypse? Absolutely. That's why, you know, anyone who understands the science and truly understands her life, who have read the true biographies of her, could come to no other conclusion. Okay, so just for clarity, right? So uh, we were talking about the two witnesses, and then we're talking about the woman in the apocalypse, which is kind of what we get into fourth vision. But the... Uh, Two witnesses are, are Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus and Christian science, and the woman in the uh, apocalypse, um, how's it said here, um, from Thomason, right? Woman's revelation brings forth Christian science. All right, so that's the role of the woman in revelation. 
and then Christian Science and Christ Jesus are the two witnesses. Yep. And that's how the chapter of Revelation can make sense to every one of us. Because it's really a prophecy of the coming of the Comforter, right? Which Jesus prophesied <laughs> earlier. The Comforter being divine science or Christian science. Right. And it's only, a, just to get back, um, it's it's only heavy stuff to the human mind. <laughs> yeah, right. It's deep, but it's not. It's it's right. very deep. It's yeah. totally deep, exactly. But uh, lifts it. Oh yes, it's no longer heavy. Who was speaking? I was. I think it you know, it helps us to understand God better. Really, Christian Science. Where else, where else is that explanation of what God really is and man? And, and therefore, it comforts, I feel, with this understanding, better understanding of what God and man is. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole thrust of it. And in parts of Revelation where it talks about fire and destruction, we got to remember, this is just evil, the destruction of evil. It's not the destruction of good. It's not just rampant hell being released. It's the destruction of evil, which is something we should rejoice in and actually helps clear the way to the wonderful revelation of truth that God indeed is all. And that's a good thing. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it was very interesting. And last week for last Bible study where it's angels. You know, the angels be causing all this trouble, but no, it's just the destruction of the era. And somewhere, I believe it, Mrs. Eddie says that's all. That's all era is capable of doing is destroying itself. That's why you don't want to be part of it. All it can do is destroy itself. That's all it can do, because it's not of God. Don't keep holding on as it's burning up. Yeah. One thing, though, uh, is that after reading, remembering what I read, it seems that these the witnesses, Christ Jesus and science health, are so important because without the witnesses, it seems like the truth power, which actually brings forth all these great destructions and and the clarity, the cleanness, and the, the <clears throat> of the uh, heaven. It comes because we are in a mind like John, a spiritually thought that can allow God to continue unfolding his his victories. So it just seems like it tells us that we have a job to do to keep spiritually minded so this all this comes about. Absolutely. That's the remnant's job. And only the pure in heart will survive the latter days, as Dixon said in his letter. So you have to remain pure because this in this revelation, it says, you know, the, the, those get tempted to to disobey the commandments and other things like that. It does everything it can to get you off track 
whatever way it can. And your motive has to be so pure, your love for God and science so pure that it it can't do it. I mean, what happens in Revelation to the two witnesses? I mean, they're given power? Well, yeah, at first it says they've, they've been given great power and they, there's total protection with them. make war on them? Yeah, and then then there's war on them. Mm -hmm. And they they seem to be destroyed. But they're not, of course. But you see that, all of this carrying on that goes on about Mrs. Eddy and and Christ Jesus to try to discredit, destroy, but can't be done. That's why we're so rejoicing about the children, (laughs) because it... It it reaches so many people in a way that they can comprehend. Reviving his his works, resurrecting him and his works once again to the a great majority of people. Definitely doing a good. Uh, so, thank you for bringing that up um, because. You know, Revelation talks about all these um, terrible things, that, and uh, you know, some, sometimes we relate that to what we see in the world today, and all these terrible things. Or we might think about the Boston church, and things are going on there. I feel kind of sad about that. But um, as Mary said, these these two witnesses, it says here in the chapter eleven. Um, Power was given it to those two witnesses, and they're protected. Okay, so we don't need to worry about Christ Jesus and Christian science and all that, because they're protected. And then, as uh, Mary said, you know, they they were killed, but this is just kind of like the resurrection, you know, after three days and a half. Uh, the spirit of life came from God and entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. So, Thank you. Everything's okay, right? Yep, everything's okay. And it says that they that dwell upon the earth rejoice over them and make merry. That they were so happy to see that see it being destroyed. You see, and we we see that too. But we know there that that rejoicing will not last very long. And then the tables turn. The tables turn. So, people who think that the the uh, Christian Science Movement is gone. Gone. Ha 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 ha. No, it's not. Or, or, or you know, the works of Christ Jesus that they've trying so hard to discredit that. Mm. Nope, nope. You can mock, you can laugh all you want, but you're on the wrong side of this, and you better wake up. One thing I found so helpful was. Recently, we had a Unity Watch message about being faithful. You know, maybe the the results aren't evident and apparent right away. What do you mean? We're going to stop? No, we're going to continue and be faithful. I found that watch very encouraging. 
Thank you for whoever wrote it. Thank you. That was dear Shardell who wrote it. Oh, Shardy. <laughs> what an angel you are. Oh. And and she heads up, you know, the weather committee watching and she she does a lot of watching every day and she puts her whole heart and soul into it. And uh yes, as we all should. It's a good example. We all should. As as that uh watch said that we do it with faithfulness and with great love. And it works. It works. Because nothing can hide the truth. Error will try to hide the truth. But how can you hide the truth? How can you get rid of what is true? <laughs> it keeps popping up in the most inconvenient <laughs> funny, ways. Funny thing. <laughs> And his word does not come out to him void, doesn't come back void. Never. Exactly. That's why that's why we are faithful. But the uh, you know, one of the lessons here is that when someone voices the truth, um, you know, false beliefs aren't going to be happy about it. And, um, you know, they will attack the messenger. So be prepared. Don't cast your pearls before swine, but be prepared. But God has your back. It's because... He is your back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who else? Anyone else? Or? <clears throat> well, I, I guess I have one thing to say. I was just thinking about, you know, whether the witness is truth, truth and love or Jesus Christ and Christian science or anything else. I was just thinking that truth and love are synonyms of God. And, and John said, that the word was with God and the word was God. So there's not really any difference between all of that. It's all exactly. the same. So. Yeah, and I, I love it. It was Kratzer who says how important it is, you know, um, mind, truth, and love are constantly and indissolubly wedded. Um, all human undertakings which are to account for anything must exemplify this union, for it is according to the pattern shown thee on the mount. It is one of the wiles of the devil to try to divorce truth and love in the consciousness of men and make them believe that truth can be advanced through war and strife, carried on with motives of anger, hatred, revenge, self-interest, or self-justification. So you see the importance of both of them together. You can't just force the truth on people, nor nor if you, especially if you have this wrong sense of love, which Kratzer talks about too, of hum, human do-goody, you need the wisdom of truth. They need to go together. What was that equation we had about? Oh, good intentions minus wisdom equals evil. Good intentions... <laughs> Minus wisdom equals evil. (laughs) 
And another way of saying that is another saying is uh, the road to hell is paved <laughs> with good intentions. <laughs> Mrs. Evans used to say the worst thing you could say about anyone is they meant well. <laughs> you know, because they leave a path of destruction, but they meant well. <laughs> so you have to have truth and love wedded together. I like how um, in Kratzer, he says the feminine element or representative of mind is divine love. From the standpoint of human experience, love is the mother of truth. Human beings are ignorant of truth until they learn it. Before they can, before they can learn it, learn truth, they must desire it. That is love it and obey so much of it as they have already become acquainted with it. St. John represents the Christ idea as a woman, as a mother, ushering in truth into the mental life of humans, uh, humanity, the realm of understanding or heaven. Thank you. Yes, I, I love that part, too. All, all of this goes hand in hand. And that's why when people come out of left field and make comments who haven't loved the truth or decided to devote their life to it or to spiritualize their thought, and they just come in with human, con you know, comments, I should say, mm -hmm. it's not really helpful. <laughs> it, just be quiet till you take on this truth. I, I was, I read, came up on my phone something about someone why i left christian science okay and i i looked at it briefly but you know she had really no concept of it even though she'd been raised in it and all of this and but she did not really understand it and that's very very sad thing really um so you know she so she left the what she didn't understand she left what she didn't understand yes so, um, and recently someone was questioning, you know, if we had, uh, I will use this word authority to post Bicknell Young's articles. And all I could think of was, yes, the chosen, by what authority, do you, by what authority do you do this? So are we going to pick, pick around and who does this and maybe what someone said and who wrote this and that all happened a hundred years ago, but should we or shouldn't we? In the meantime, these truths of these early great workers are healing people left, right, and sideways. And I have evidence of it that comes to me all the time. We're going to take it down. What should we say? Joe Doe wrote it. Um, then we get accused of plagiarism. So I, I got where I just have no patience for any of this. Um, just be quiet and listen and see what's going on and not strain at gnats and swallow camels. I think uh, Mrs. Eddie using her watches. I think it was her that nothing come to me unless God comes brings it to me. And and nothing really gets accomplished by people throwing all sorts of issues, opinions <laughs> at you. They just waste time and that, that's, effort. That's exactly right. They waste time and effort when there we have a world that's hungering for this truth. And um, Lord knows these wonderful works have been suppressed long enough and these i consider this to be disciples of mrs eddie 
And well, an, an example of that is uh, Tomlinson's book, 12 Years with Mary Baker Eddy. Now, when I was growing up, this was on the bookshelf of every Christian science home I ever was in. Everybody had a copy of this. Thank you. Anybody else see the same thing, right? Everybody had a copy of this book. Yep, absolutely. I mean, if you had a science in health, you had Tomlinson's 12 years. Yes, thank you. And that was the true biography of her at that time. And he knew because he lived with her. Everyone should have it. Um, and he definitely saw her as the woman in the apocalypse. He was very wise. So, yes, good point. And now... So, how do you buy it today? Question. How would you buy it today as a Christian scientist? I think Keystone has it, no? That I well, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the Boston Church doesn't sell it. So, where do you get a copy? Right. You have to go outside the organization. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I got a copy. I read that this year, and I got my copy from down at the reading room in Boise, where I live. Um, it has been on their resale shelf, so uh, it might not have been on a new one. Um, oh, that's great, but that's rare. Yes, it was. It was on the resale shelf, I remember now. Um, and so... That's how I got it. Oh, it's a. It was probably yes. You can get this book, old editions. You can find, but um, but it's being quietly discontinued, shall I say? Well, it, while the it Peel a, books yeah. read, yes. Was it as prominently displayed as the Peel biography? Right. Um, yes, equally. The two in the Boise reading room, anyway, they have their resale shelf right next to their um, new books. Mm. And oh, good. it was prominently, prominently displayed there, yes. Well, I wonder if they'll keep it in stock and, and continue to sell it. That sounds uh, well, like you're clearing like, inventory if it's in the yeah, resale right. section, right? Yes. Get rid of it. It's They'll sell it and never restock it. Because they can't restock it. Right. If they can't restock no. it, then no. It's impossible. Be able to. Mm-hmm. I that, didn't know all that. And that's the point. Yeah, I think that's the key. Often in the reading rooms, when somebody passes away, they bring whatever they had. Maybe yeah. that's what that was about. Well, yes. And we, went, we had a, a wonderful healing a few mm-hmm. years ago of someone who found the Eustace book that way. And her husband, who was in the last stages of cancer, was healed one night in reading the factors of healing in the Eustace book of the advanced stages of cancer. Of course, that healing never made any of the medical journals or any of the papers. Nor did it bring the Eustace book into the reading rooms, um, where it should be as well. But our reading room is 24-7. It was the one thing they couldn't. They told us we couldn't have as a reading room, so we have it online 24-7, and we have all those books. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And please, please do not be one that obstructs this. That's my point. Just please get out of the way. Do not. They've been obstructed for so many years. 
don't don't start picking around at who said this and what was in the Mary Baker Eddy Library. And um, if anyone can find the quote where Mrs. Eddy said, please never put my name on a building. <laughs> That's my objection. I have to that. Uh, she didn't want her name on any building because she knew what would happen. And she knew it would enrage the carnal mind. And she didn't want to actually put like carved into the stone. No, no. she did not. Her name. She did not. And Florence, who visited with visited that place with us a couple of years ago, was appalled by what had happened to the library. There's hardly anything left to it except a small little reading room. Um, I never and saw her name is on the building too. Did you see? You saw oh. that. Her name's on her, the building. Oh, her name is on the building. Oh, yeah. Her name's on the building. building. Nothing mm -hmm. she ever wanted done. So I, I don't want to. I don't want anyone quoting me about any of this stuff about what the organization has done because I'm simply not impressed. And I, you know, I, unless it comes from Mrs. Eddy and the early workers, then I will listen, but not otherwise. Makes me uh, think of the quote in Miscellany where Mrs. Eddy is talking about the Bamba uh, Babylonian woman in Revelation. And talks about the wormwood poured into the waters, and it says, "Quote the disturb the wormwood is the disturbed human mind to drown the strong swimmer struggling for the shore, aiming for truth, and if possible to poison such a drink of the living water." Thank and you. I feel like when they put that on these comments, it's not a discussion. It's, it's disturbs it a is. lot of people who may not know. And the thing is, some of them are coming out of this organization confused and having been told things, and that just could mm -hmm. send Abs them off. Absolutely. And, and when Thank they're struggling you. to the truth and the living truth, and they'd be healed. It would undermine everything. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if I see it, it Thank God it rarely happens. But if I if I need to, we will start taking it down for just that reason. It's poison. And and the purity of what we do is so important. Um, we don't want to harm any thought that's coming. No. Innocently searching for the truth. And I have, we have, I didn't bring it today, but Mrs. Eddy's comments on authorized and unauthorized literature. And she says there's no such thing. No. She, she rebuked it during her time. So, yeah, it's on... Our articles website under Mrs. Eddy, and I think it's just called a card. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly right. If you want to read what she says, and you know, as far as Bicknell Young or or anyone else that we have, it was divine inspiration that gave them these words, and there's not an expiration date on it. Doesn't right. mean that they owned it. We give them credit yes. for bringing it out, but it should still be allowed to run its course even now. Yes. And I maintain he would be all of these workers would be thrilled to have their works out and to see the healing effect it has rather than being quibbling over what was said 100 years ago or not. Or being buried in the archives or being buried where in nobody the archives. could ever see them because maybe it wasn't exactly as they said it. Well, maybe the New Testament isn't exactly as was said, but we don't quibble over that. Anyway, but, but but all of this, all of this is consistent with the manual. Yes. It's consistent with the estoppel clauses, which were not understood by a lot of people at the time. But the high, the high, highest spiritual sense 
of love and of mind is that God is the only one who authorizes anybody to do anything. Thank you. That's it. So who gave you the authority? That's why I love that in, in The Chosen. Who gave you authority to heal on the Sabbath? <laughs> well, I well, mean, hello. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Pharisee Sadducee thought continues on. And if they could only see how ridiculous they, they look, are. they look, and hopefully they're cutting themselves off from too. Yes, he, he had the opportunity to be with the Christ, and he did learn and, and, and studies cutting it off with rules. Right, unlike Nicodemus, rules. who actually took it to heart. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. the interesting thing about Jesus. He had friends and he had foes on all sides with the Romans. With the Pharisees, yes, right, yes. with the people, <laughs> populace. Thank you, yeah. And there is very few that were in, in an indifferent state, either with or with, um, for or against, one or the other. Well, hopefully this goes with the Revelation discussion, because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, the chapter, the truth, fourth vision, the really truth. should have its own class. Probably. Have its own class. Yeah, because it's going to be uh, it's a special chapter. Well, the 12. This is that he writes about in Science and Health. Yeah, this is witnessing, I guess, witnessing to the truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So while we've been talking about publications, I thought I would mention, and this is more of an observation, someone else may know more than I'm sure they do than I do, but I've seen with books that were um, um, I don't know if you say published or prepared by Yvonne Cachet von Fettweiss and Robert Townsend Warnick um, to be rather wonderful books. Um, they were archives, archivists at the uh, Mother Church. Um, so there seems to be a number of books associated with them. We have one of them on our list of Mary Baker Eddy biographies. Yes, thank you. They are current people who are doing a tremendous job and the book is the Christian healer and it's wonderful. And I never would have known about it if Dale a hadn't sent it to me, but it's just full of all Mrs. Eddie's healings. It's very similar to the healer by Keiston, but it's even larger. We also felt they were trying to copyright all those healings, uh, which is probably true. But um, anyway, it's still a, it's a wonderful book. And yes, there is there are some current things that are going on that are that are good, and I rejoice to see it. Well, I think they've both left, unfortunately. Oh well, well. So I don't think anything more is going on. But while they were there, it uh, seemed like they did a lot of great work. There was a period where there was a lot being well. Well, we applaud them. <laughs> well, yeah, we applaud yeah, them. They probably them. realized what they were up against and left. Yeah. Well, thank you. I didn't know that, but I do know how much I I cherish that book, The Christian Healer. So, and if you're looking for it, try getting the Amplified Edition. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. the other one's good too, but the, <laughs> that's the, that's the preferred one. Well, and I didn't know they wrote any other books, but um, but these people witness witness to the truth of Mrs. Eddy. These biographers witness to the truth. Those are the ones you want to read. If you want to read all this other stuff to try to make your uh, educated opinion, go ahead and you will be so confused you won't know what's up. 
<laughs> which I am not getting into. And, and that is the more current, for the most part, the more current things um, that are being written and said about her. We stick to the tried and true, creme de la creme, I call it, early workers. People who actually knew her. Yes. As opposed to people who never did know her. And they're just speculating. Yeah. Well, thank you, Thomas. I didn't know they wrote any other books, but um, I'm sure they would be good. They saw her correctly, whoever these people are. And honestly, does it matter in some respects who wrote it? It's the truth that's important, right? If we want to totally impersonalize it, it's the truth. Um, we, we love to give credit where credit is due, however, but it is the truth. And no one wants to block the truth. And as Mrs. Eddy says, you know in your heart if it's true or not, if it rings true or not. And that's your individual uh, consciousness, individual consciousness with God, demonstration to lead you aright. And no one should tell you what you read or not read. Okay, any, I don't know what, where we are, what, (laughs) when we were talking about the two witnesses, we actually started talking about the fourth vision, so, but we really didn't jump into the fourth vision in a big way, so, that's kind of where we're going to be starting the next, uh, Bible study, um, but, well, as Tomlinson says, quote, woman's revelation brings forth Christian science. And he continues, and air vainly resists it. Vainly. 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 Yep. In vain. No worries, right? Yeah. Well, it is interesting, too, that it was Tomlinson's 12 years with Mary Baker Eddy and Tomlinson who was able to uh, right. write the book on Revelation. His vision was clear. Kratzer, too, has done wonderful, wonderful work. Twelve years as an amplified version, also of of this. Twelve years, twelve years. And we just ordered them. Tom, let us know. Oh, okay, good. I'd like to ask a question um, about how to purchase the Kratzer book. I mean, I'm looking at it online, and it's not very easy. Is there um, a way to to get that book, the second edition that? That Tom Thomas refers well, to. I'll, I'll get back to you, Karen. Oh, okay. Interpret it. Yes. 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 Yeah. To be able to get it. Yeah, we've we. In fact, we used to sell it for here. We had yeah, a few. We only have a couple. Only left. a few. Okay, because I I really I would love to have the hard copy. <laughs> yeah, we'll send to you. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Linda. He explains this so well, applying it to modern day. It's quite, these two books, I think, are the, the best. We have some, some books from different other places that we have on the bottom of the store page. We'll add that one to it, because I think I just got mine on Amazon. So. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Uh, we'll take care of it. Yeah. Okay, thanks for that. I also like Edith Armstrong Hoyt's book. It was um, a favorite of my grandfather's, who was the practitioner. 
And I, I find a lot of things in her book too. Um, but yeah, the, the, those three books are just a wealth of information about how to look at all this. They're wonderful. Yeah, Hoyt brings an interesting perspective because if you want to dig more into uh, some of the Bible things in Revelation, I mean, she digs into that, helps explain things, you know, pulling a lot from yeah. the Old Testament and so forth. So um, it, it'll help you understand, like, uh, why some things were written the way they were in the book of Revelation. Yeah. A different perspective, different approach, right? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very good. But if my grandfather liked it, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, um, my mother went to her class on this. Oh. Long time ago. Hmm. Long time yeah. ago, of course. But. I think a lot of Christian scientists took uh, classes, and I don't mean Christian science class, but her, she gave classes on on Revelation, and I think other types of classes too. Really, all about the Bible. I wish when my grandfather was around that I had asked him who was his teacher, because he was so sure of who Mrs. Eddy was that um, I'm wondering whether it was one of Mrs. Eddy's students. Hmm, might have been. Yeah. And that's why that's why we need that clarity of the early workers and not to get it muddled up with the more recent ones. Um, so that clarity, it's very important. Yeah. Yeah, because if you come into uh, the... Uh, church today, I mean, in the Boston church, you might get a feeling that Mary Baker Eddy was just another 19th century religious leader who established a church. Kind of the message you get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that, and that, that would be very unfortunate. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. yeah. So all, all of this shows why the the demise of it, or the false sense of it. So we continue on with what we know to be true. And uh, thank you for all who participated. Faithful like the watch. <laughs> yeah, faithful. Stay faithful. And keep on keeping on. Yes, keep on keeping on. Yeah. All right. So we'll start with number, uh, vision four, next class. Yeah, and we should... Right. Maybe have you, Revelation wrapped up by the yeah, summer. Yeah, and you can read uh, Mrs. Eddy's uh, chapter on Apocalypse uh, uh, that ha covers this chapter 12. Yes, and Science and Health. Yeah. Science and Health, thank you. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you all. Thank you all. Thank, thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.